In today's episode, I compare myself to Christopher Columbus, and I admit to blatant online plagiarism. Uh, That's a rather troubling start right there, isn't it? Well, also, I give you a succinct summary of the Old Testament, which I also plagiarized. No, not the Old Testament, the summary. Anyway, we look at a word that, although not theological per se, is one that I think I've only ever heard when used to describe the nature of God. And finally, we turn to Scripture for insight, and we take a swimming lesson, but not at the same time, all on the way to answering the question, does God adapt to the times? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. About two years ago, I discovered Reddit, which is a social media platform with various communities that gather together to discuss their common interest. And you can find groups organized to discuss climbing Kilimanjaro or photography, Pez collecting or Christianity, and really thousands of other subjects. Now, the words I discovered Reddit can obviously have different meanings, but in this case, I didn't discover it like no one knew about it before. I discovered it like I became newly aware of it. So I didn't discover it as someone who discovers a cure for cancer, more like Columbus discovered America. It was already there. It already existed. Long before I came along, plenty of people were already there enjoying it before me. I just newly became aware of it. Anyway, I have found it a fun source of people who are willing to share their knowledge. This has been true for me regarding scuba diving, and when I started this podcast, it was a great source of a lot of helpful info and helpful people. Recently, I have ventured into some of the religious discussion groups, which is, as you can imagine, a little more dangerous territory. And in one such group, I stumbled upon a question that someone asked recently. And here's the question. Does God change with the times? Now, the questions on Reddit don't always get an equal amount of attention. Somebody asks a question and sometimes nobody answers. Just nobody's interested in the question. But this particular question all of a sudden had people writing answers. Long answers, answers that were pages long in order to try to address this question. And I liked the question so much, I decided to bring it here to the podcast and share it with you. No, I'm not stealing it. I'm sharing it. So the simple answer to the question is no. Now, I can't speak for other faiths, but to much, if not most of Christianity, one of the bedrock principles of the nature of God is that God is unchanging. I've heard several reasons for God being unchanging. One reason is time. Change is measured by time. For change to happen, there must be a moment when it didn't happen, and later a moment when it did. So change, by its very nature, is measured and defined by time. But, according to this theory, God is timeless. And therefore, by definition, God cannot change. First, I want to say that this is just wrong, or at least it is to me. Not wrong because of its conclusion that God is unchanging. That is a perfectly natural, kind of normal, even kind of considered orthodox answer. But to me, this argument is built on faulty logic. 
I will agree that God exists beyond the boundaries of time, but also functions and works within the boundaries of time. My first day in seminary, in my very first class, which was on the Old Testament, we were told that a good summary for the Old Testament would be God working his purpose out through the history of a particular nation, which means God works through time. So to claim that God is timeless and not functioning in time is, I don't know, to me, just silly. Also, God is all-powerful. So any definition that ends with the words, therefore God can't change, is traipsing into troublesome territory. Again, for me, this argument can be refuted by anyone who wants to say, God can do anything God wants to do. And how can you argue with that? The second argument I've come across is that God being unchanging is necessary because God is by definition perfect. For something to change, it must therefore have existed in two different states, one state that was better and one state that was worse. If two states exist, one has to be better than the other. Therefore, if God could change, God would not be perfect. Okay, there seems to me to be an implicit bias here that change is bad. Let me just take an example from nature. If you look at a maple tree that's 25 years old, and then you return to look at it again 25 years later, it's grown, it's changed. But it would, to me, again, be ridiculous to assume that since the tree has experienced change, then one version of that tree must be better than the other. The third and probably the strongest of the arguments is based on the omniscience of God. Now, we've spoken before in this podcast about these three natures of God. God's all-knowing, God's all-powerful, God is all-loving. And in this case, we're focused on the omniscience, the all-knowing aspect of God. And when we say God is all-knowing, we don't just mean that God knows everything that there is to know right now. We mean that God knows all that has ever been throughout history and all that is happening right now and all that will ever be. God is always aware of everything throughout time. And if God is all-knowing, then there really is no reason for God ever to change because God has all the information available every single time a divine decision is made. Now, in episode 70 of this podcast, I mentioned how you'd be hard-pressed to find a theological definition of the word grace that didn't include the word unmerited. In much the same way, I can't think of a time right now in which I've heard the word immutable when it was used to describe anything other than the nature of God. Now, some of that has to do with my field of study, obviously, and it can clearly be used to describe other things, but this is a word that is, at least for me, strongly associated with describing the unchanging nature of God. And when we face a question like the one we have for today, we are often given answers like, God is immutable, period. Discussion over. So let's go back to the question. Why would somebody even ask this question? Why would someone ask, does God adapt with the times? Well, because anyone who looks at the relationship God has with followers, again, at least within the Christian faith, would be within reason to conclude that the answer seems to be yes. And yet every official answer says God does not change. It seems reasonable to look at the ongoing story and say God seems to interact in one way 
and have one set of expectations in the Old Testament, a different way, and a different way of interacting and expectations in the New Testament, and yet a third set of expectations and interacting for those of us who live in post-New Testament times. So the question at face value is at least a reasonable one. But the nature of the question again suggests that God changes, and that question can get a lot of people rather hot under the collar, or at least agitated, pretty darn quickly. So perhaps the best place for us to look for an answer is in the Bible, which I can already hear some listeners responding to my suggestion that we should look in the Bible for answers by saying, really, you think? Why haven't you done that already? That's the place you should have started. So let's look at the book, 1 James. And it says, Every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Hmm. Okay, that's pretty direct. Or we can look at the book of Numbers 23:19. God is not man that he should lie or a son of man, that he should change his mind. So even a quick search makes it clear that the Bible directly states God doesn't change. God never changes his mind. You need only look to the story of Moses on the mountain. Remember, Moses has climbed the mountain to commune with God and receive the Ten Commandments. And while he's there, the Israelites decide that, well, they're tired of waiting on Moses. So they convince Aaron to create a god of their own making. So Aaron agrees to take all the gold that they give him, melt it down, and make for them a golden calf so they can worship it. Now, out of everyone, throughout all of the history of creation and actually beyond history, despite what you think, there is only one who can efficiently multitask without losing focus on anything, and that is God. No, it isn't you while listening to your spouse and doing the crossword puzzle at the same time. Sorry. So God is chatting with Moses, and he simultaneously sees what the Israelites have done, and God God is irked, more than irked. God decides to punish them. This, by the way, has a very funny beginning at the start of the story. You know how a member of a couple with children will describe one of their children as being your son or your daughter to the other person when they are angry at the child? Just look at what your son did. Well, listen to the way God describes the Israelites to Moses at the beginning of this passage. Exodus 32, beginning 7th verse. The Lord says to Moses, go down at once. Your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have acted perversely, and they have been quick to turn aside from the way that I commanded them. They have cast for themselves an image of a calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it. And said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, how stiff-necked they are. Now let me alone, so that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them. Then Moses responds back to God after God says this rather terrifying little passage I just read. But Moses implored the Lord his God and said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against 
your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand. Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath, change your mind, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, Israel, your servants, how you swore to them by your own self, saying to them, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of heaven. And all this land that I have promised, I will give to your descendants, and they will inherit it forever. And to Moses' speech, Scripture tells us that, and here's a quote, and the Lord changed his mind about the disaster that he planned to bring on his people. Wait, wait, what? Okay, that's a surprise. The Bible is clear as day. Various translations all say the same thing here. Some say he relented to Moses' argument, and others say he changed his mind, but it all amounts to God doing what we thought we had been told God never does. Suffice it to say, at this point, that there are multiple places in the Bible that clearly state God never changes God's mind. And there are also multiple places that say God does. So, so this is really beginning to look helpless. Well, I think we can find some help from our friends Copernicus and Einstein. Copernicus lived in the early 16th century, and as most of us probably remember from school, he developed an idea that the Earth is not the center of our solar system, but the sun is the center of our solar system. Now, he was correct in addressing our mistaken perspective, but our mistake was an honest one. You see, we're inclined to view ourselves as the center of the universe, the star of the play, the one who is the solid point of reference as the world changes around us. And that's where Einstein comes in with his theory of relativity. For Einstein, time, therefore change, was relative or is relative to our point of view. It reminds us, in this case, that we are likely to observe things with a point of view that is, of course, relative to our current perspective. A number of years ago, my family was traveling from St. Paul, Minnesota to West Glacier, Montana, on our way to Glacier National Park, and we went by train. I remember at one point I decided to go up and look from the glass observation deck that was above one of the train cars. And when I got there, I said hello to someone who was already sitting in one of the seats. And I said something like, this is a wonderful view, isn't it? To which she said, yes, I'm really loving my seat here, my little window on creation as I watch the world go by. Now, her words were technically wrong, of course. The world wasn't passing by. We were. But from our perspective, it seemed that the world was moving and we were still. So, to the question, does God change with the times? I have a couple of answers, and they are, number one, no. Number two, hopefully we do. Number three, maybe? From our perspective, it certainly seems that God changes with the times. But I'm inclined to believe that this is more about perspective and our way of seeing the world rather than revealing some truth about the nature of God. As I mentioned in the last episode, we've been teaching our granddaughter to swim, and for a while, the only thing we were teaching her was to get comfortable just being in the water. Recently, we were teaching her to release from us and trust that her swim vest would support her. Then we were teaching her how to use her arms and legs to move herself through the water. Now, 
here's the question. Is this an example of our changing our minds, changing over time what we think swimming is all about? Or is this really an example of our adapting our teaching to the changing student, our changing granddaughter? It seems to me that when we observe God changing, we're far more likely observing God maybe changing the teaching for our particular moment of development. And that is a good thing. Because we can debate whether God does or should change, but what's not a question is if we should change, and we should. As far as I'm concerned, we should always be on a journey of growth, a journey that involves change. And finally, I got in a good-natured debate with a seminary professor over this question one time. He was teaching a theology class and teaching us the principle that God will not, does not, cannot change. Now, I pushed back because to me, and I said this in the class, it seems to rob God of power and independence. I'm far more inclined to answer the question, can God change, with absolutely, if God wants to. God's capable of anything God wants to do. And to me, we're in kind of theological trouble whenever we try to squeeze God into our formulaic box of expectations. God can do anything God wants to do. And who are we to decide otherwise? And that's all for today. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you get notified of future episodes. By the way, if you are trying to subscribe, you'll notice that if you're an Apple user, that on Apple Podcasts, they've changed their nomenclature, their way of naming things. And so what used to be subscribing to a podcast has been changed to following a podcast. Evidently, the rationale behind this is that they discovered that a lot of people thought the word subscribe meant they were going to have to pay something. So they have changed it from subscribe to follow, but it means exactly the same thing. If you're on your phone, all you need to do is just look for that little plus sign kind of at the top right side of your screen when you're on my podcast. And that just says you want to follow this podcast. Also, you can find me on Facebook and YouTube. Just search for Sky Pilot Faith Quest. And if you'd like to get in touch with me by email, my address is dan at skypilot.zone. On your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for listening to Sky Pilot Faith Quest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions.